Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at OnboardNWA.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Hey, this is Gary Head at Signature Bank of Arkansas. We founded Signature Bank in 2005 with local ownership to serve our communities with the best bankers with the most authority to do business. We have succeeded in growing our bank to over $800 million in assets, including $50 million in growth in the first quarter in 21. We have 155 teammates that love our communities and the customers that we serve. We are always here to serve and eager to do so. As chairman and CEO, I welcome your call to have the opportunity to serve you. Please call 479-684-4700 or online at signature.bank and tell them that you heard about us at I Am Northwest Arkansas. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Without further ado, here's our fearless host, Randy Wilburn. 
Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. I've got a great guest, and I'm really honored that I'm able to actually share this episode before the event actually happens. But I'm sitting here with the founder of Curate, Kim Bryden. And Kim uh, got introduced to me by some other people that I know, Victoria over at Resplendent Hospitality, uh, as well as uh, Morgan Scholes from The Forge Fund. And uh, just excited to just have a conversation with Kim. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I am having a beautiful day. <laughs> good, good, good. So, so tell me a little bit about Curate and tell me a little bit about yourself. Ooh, where to begin? So I have, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from a small farm town. And then for university, I went to American University in Washington, D.C. and then ended up staying there for 14 years. And seven years ago, I founded Curate um, at the intersection of food and beverage supply and demand matchmaking. And how I got to this point was I've been in food from government to Fortune 500 retail management to food tech startup. In fact, when I finished university, I ended up working for the Alcoholic Beverage Regulation Administration in D.C. doing liquor licensing. Um, And that was quite the experience. (laughs) Um, And from there, I ended up working for Whole Foods. Um, I worked in their Northern Virginia stores and then opened the brand new Whole Foods Market Foggy Bottom on George Washington University's campus. And from that experience, I really wanted to understand how people were starting to purchase with the advent of Twitter and Instagram on the rise. So how are people having an online experience that was affecting their offline purchasing behavior? So I went back to school to Georgetown for digital media management and analytics, and that transitioned me into the food tech space. And the last company I worked for, they were based in Brooklyn. I was still in DC, but I launched new markets for them. So it was Austin, Seattle, Chicago, worked on New York, understanding, again, the supply and demand side of of the marketplace that this company had launched, which was putting chefs in people's homes. So I had the opportunity of understanding what were the chefs, um, uh, one, how they wanted to grow and what was their brand and how did they want to gain access to a new market? And two, on the consumer side, how do you start finding and booking chefs to do private meals in your house? Like, that's pretty interesting. Um, but who are the early adopters to really get on the site? And what I realized from that experience is that that company ended up raising um, a hefty sum of money around the likes of $20 million. And I realized that they had a trajectory on our typical startup culture narrative of wanting to be the next unicorn. And they used certain terminology of like Uber of chefs. And here I was coming from a food background and I realized there were so many aspects of the user experience that needed to be solved for that wasn't as easy as deploy coupons to get customers. And so I got this fire in my belly of of thinking, I want to work with individuals who actually care about stable cash flow and have sustainable businesses and actually build businesses that are oven from their communities um, and not necessarily in this, um, you know, can be a little bit make-believe land. And so right. yeah. this is like the genesis of how, um, again, that fire in my belly of starting Curate. And that was seven years ago. Um, and we've been in the Mid-Atlantic 
um, since the beginning and have now opened a second hub here in Northwest Arkansas in July. Um, and so, yeah, Curate has these three very important facets of our business. The first is that we exist to shift the dollar back into our local communities by building an empowered supply to meet a changing consumer demand. And so the supply side is Curate Courses. And that's uh, in tandem with the event you alluded to. So we'll, I know we'll get into that in a bit, but Curate Courses is our 10-course entrepreneurship education curriculum. And we often say you might make jam, but not know how to run a jam business. You right. come to us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really like the marketing, business development, sales, brand, storytelling. What is it? What is the unique value proposition you're actually bringing to the table? Yeah. Because, it's almost like a boot camp. I mean, I know that's an overused word, right? But it is if you think of it. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And especially the stage of growth of the entrepreneurs in our curriculum they're between 50,000 to 750,000 on average annual sales. So they've been doing it. And now they're at a point of now what? Now what happens? And they might yeah. need to quit their full-time job. They might need to hire someone. And that can be really scary and lonely. And so we have a cohort model where we have 10 businesses per Curate Courses cohort going through the curriculum. And over the years of running this education, I started recognizing the amount of uh, pick your brain emails we would get. <laughs> so, Listen, my, my brain has been picked when it comes yeah. to podcasting. I, I don't have anything left to share. I, it has been picked. So Yeah. And so because, you know, my Whole Foods background and the team we have, their background in retail, um, I started recognizing that that's not the only path for new market opportunities. You don't have to just choose, again, a Whole Foods, Amazon, Walmart route. There are other areas of opportunity for you to sell your products. And so I started exploring that other side of the food supply chain, which is food service. That would be your universities, hospitals, corporate cafeterias. And how were they purchasing food products And could they shift their purchasing power back into small local businesses? So here we had this this pool, this empowered supply ready to get into these new sales channels. But these sales channels were like lock and key, right? Like it's just one big business buying from another big business. And that's really hard to get into when you're in the kitchen every day making your cookies. Withstanding those long B2B sales cycles, it's hard. And so that launched the second arm of our business, which is Curate Connect. And we embed as the local purchasing team at these anchor institutions, sports centers, um, convention centers to act as that master supplier of local goods so that those purchasers on site only have to place one order and pay one account, which is Curate. And then we find that and source product to meet those demand needs. So logistically, they don't have to talk to 20 different vendors and pay 20 different bills. And on the buyer side, it's also a bit of risk mitigation because maybe that cookie doesn't sell well, or maybe the customer wants a new healthy beverage alternative like a kombucha, but you're a bit scared to bring it on the shelf. With us, we can be that agile partner to bring things in and out, and you don't have to sever a whole contract every single time. So that's the two sides of Curate. Again, courses connect and they work in tandem to really build this new supply system. 
Man, I mean, you're basically, you are scratching an itch that was there, right, in the industry when you think about it. Because as you describe this, as I'm hearing you with, with such passion, I might add, as I hear you talk about this, um, it, it's, it, is, it, is, it is such a needed service. I tell people all the time that, you know, there, there is nothing new under the sun, but, but imitation and, and getting out there and just iterating and trying new things, you never know what you might um, fall upon. And it sounds like seven years ago, you guys kind of struck gold with this whole idea of curate and what you could actually do with it and how it's, you know, metamorphosized into something even bigger than you probably thought. Is that correct? Or that's so true. And I think about this, especially in, uh, you know, the post ish COVID world that we're in a lot of times pre pre pandemic, um, I would find that people in positions of power would, uh, and consumers alike, would say, like, we care about local, right? We care about small business, but it was almost in this, like, kitsch way. Whereas I think now, and, I, and I'm seeing this now emerge, that if we do not have a local and regional resiliency strategy to know where our products are coming from, shoot, the system's held together by Band-Aids, this global, you know, efficient yeah. supply chain. And so it's moving away from us being like, oh, you cute little small business to being like, no, like, actually, small business is the backbone of the American economy. Let's actually invest in and buy from these businesses year round and not just in times of crisis. And right. so that's what I'm really um I'm feeling really blessed that, like you said, seven years ago, we started being this local advocate and building these systems because it's becoming even more of a need now. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I'm going to riff on something that you just said, because as I think about it, I always hated the Saturday after Thanksgiving as being small business Saturday. Because to me, small business Saturday really is every day of the week, right? Because it's not like these folks are waiting to that last Saturday in, in, in November to make all their money. And, uh -huh. and it's, and it's kind of done, you know, and I know Amex does a whole big splash on it and all these other organizations. And that's cool. And, and you know, trying to create more awareness around small business, but small businesses are here 365 days a year. They yep. can't thrive on you just coming in once once in a while. And I'm always mindful of where I spend my dollars. Um, and, and I try to move back and forth between larger companies sometimes that have certain things that I need and certainly smaller companies. And just the fact of getting to know these local shop owners makes a huge difference because you really know who you're doing business with. I don't know Jeff Bezos, but I have been into Whole Foods, right? But I but I I the thing I like about going to like a place like ONF for Ozark Natural Foods is that I know Mike Anzalone, who's the general manager there. I know a lot of the people that work there. I even know some of the farmers that provide food for that co-op. So, you know, it's different when you have those types of relationships and you appreciate it more and you realize the hard work that goes into like a company like Bans Bansley Berkshire Ridge, who provides pork and other meat products here locally. And they do a great job as a sustainable farmer here locally providing food to a wide swath of North, Northwest Arkansas. And we need more of that. And people need to be aware of where their, where their products and, and services and food is coming from, because it makes a big difference when you're able to support and buy locally. 
that's my rant. I'm, I'm in, I'm in no, that. So you, we are here on the same page. I mean, every day we say all the time, every day you have a chance to be an investor with your dollar. Like every day you are voting with your dollar in the world that you would like to see exist, right? Like right. that, that purchase every day is an investment in the systems that you want to uphold and see flourish. And I think too, something that, you know, sort of sparked in my mind as you were talking is I think in this continually connected world from, again, an internet standpoint, we're feeling more disconnected. And so, especially when you have these connection points to the basis, right? Food, right? It is fueling your body and your soul and your heart like that. That is not something that is just like dollars and cents. Right. It's, yeah. it's more of a value add than just the lowest cost possible. And sure. so I'm really hoping that we can start thinking about our purchasing as values based purchasing. Values based procurement is sometimes the vernacular used instead of just racing to the bottom on cost all the time, because you're really investing in that community and connection. Yeah. And, and I mean, you also see the end result. Like I know that um, I know speci specifically and I hate bringing up Ozark Natural Foods. And just as a disclaimer for everybody, I am on the board at ONF. And so I don't just talk about them all the time, but because it's in line with what we're talking about right now, I'm going to bring them up. But ONF does a great job of supporting local farmers and they do a thing where they will round up to the next dollar when you're buying your groceries. And then they give that money to different farmers, different local contributors contributors to our marketplace, especially our food marketplace, to uh, make sure that they have the tools and equipment needed to do what they need to do. And, and they, they've, ONF has given out thousands of dollars to these local providers that are feeding us on a regular basis. And so, you know, your, your money, especially if you shop local, especially in a place like ONF, and this is not a knock on Whole Foods or Harps or any other grocery store, but specifically for ONF, there is a direct correlation to the dollars that you spend there and how that money gets recycled back through the community. So it doesn't necessarily leave Northwest Arkansas. It, it might, it might go to the bank of Ozark Natural Foods, but then it just, a check gets sent to one of the local uh, farmers or providers of food or, or any other type of service that might be in line with the the um, the uh, goals uh, of Ozark Natural Foods. So, I mean, I think that's important. And if that's just one example of how it can work, you have you've created another platform where we can support local businesses. That's why I think this program is so important. Yeah. Can I do a really interesting threading of needle between ONF and Curate Courses? <laughs> thread, thread away. <laughs> so we just launched Curate Courses Northwest Arkansas in partnership with Forge, the oldest revolving loan fund in Arkansas. They've sure. been incredible partners and supporters. And with this first cohort of 10 businesses, in fact, three of the 10 already can be found at ONF. Um, wow. Diamond Brew Kombucha, Fat Top Farms and Bartleby's. And so it's just been really incredible to your point, being able to walk in a store and just see the products from the business owners that you know, right? It's just such right. a heart glow experience to be able to say, 
yes, this is awesome. Like I am absolutely going to purchase this as my, you know, beverage du jour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you actually mentioned I've, I've had all of their products. Um, Diamond Brew Kombucha is amazing kombucha. Uh, Fat Top Farms is uh, their, their mushrooms. And I've been trying to get those guys on the podcast. So if you're listening to this, guys, we got to sit down and talk because I know Absolutely. who designed some of their pro- some of their um, materials for them. But uh, uh, shout out to Donovan. Uh, but but Fat Top Farm makes some great mushroom jerky that's out of this world. And and then Bartleby Saiton Bartleby's has a food truck that's typically at the uh, Norfolk Street um, stop pl- um, food trucks place right there at the at the dip on the on the hill of north college before you get up to lafayette so right there at the at the uh the the um norfolk yacht club you can go to bartleby's and they're typically out there and i know they're they're kind of off at this time of year or whatever but anyway their saiton is available and i always know if i'm saying is it saiton or saiton it's saiton it's Satan. Okay. Yes. Mm. So pronunciation. We want to, we want to say, mm. right. Satan. So mm. their Satan is available in the grocery store there at ONF. So I certainly yeah. encourage you to support them as well. And, and it's, and it's off the charts. It is really, really good. So yeah, it's like a crispy cutlet, like a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a vegan chicken alternative. It's so delicious. To- yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I highly recommend it. And they're super friendly folks there. And I've, I've connected with them a few times, but I, I'm glad that they're participating and I can't wait to hear everybody's pitch, you know, of what they're doing and, and the difference that they're trying to make here in the local community. So totally. And that's really the culmination of the courses is, each business is at a very different stage of growth and has different desires on how they want to grow their business. You know, some people might want to double down on e-commerce. Others might want to move into wholesale, right? That's, we don't define what success looks like for someone, right? It's their business. It's their dreams, but we're equipping them with tools along the way to really assess and analyze how to focus their time and and what that next stage of growth might be. And so that's what you're going to hear in the pitch competition, both after these 10 businesses and future cohorts is really getting clarity for each of these businesses on where they see themselves now and where they want to go. Yeah. And and I would and I would have to imagine even though the pitch competition is the only true competition here because outside of that, you know, it's not like there, you know, you, you've got 10 different kombucha companies that are all in this in this program, but I would have to imagine that this cohort, they probably fed off of each other and they were they probably ideated a lot where what, I'd be interested to know if you have any stories to share about how maybe one group got got inspiration from another and how that's maybe mm-hmm. Led to them maybe starting a new line of business or just some inspiration that really kind of oh. took it to another level for them. I know you have a story to share about that. Oh, Randy, this is like my favorite <laughs> part because, you know, we've run curate courses year over year, again, starting in 2015. And one of the main things that we measure at the end of our programs is how businesses end up doing business with one another. Right. Like what opportunities could emerge between cross merchandising, marketing campaigns. And so you're absolutely right. Already we've seen uh, Bartleby's, as an example, do business with another um, or a giveaway promotion with another member of our cohort, Ashami T. Um, Ola is the founder of Ashami. And so they had a T and Bartleby's um, giveaway and promotion. And so you're totally right. 
seeing the cross collaborations and just thought processes and even asking people, where do you get this packaging material? What do you use for your third party logistics company? You know, just having that camaraderie to bounce ideas off of is so important. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that, that's really exciting. And I, I love hearing that. And I can't wait to hear their pitches, uh, during the competition. And, uh, I, well, this, so tell me, let's, let's talk a little bit about this competition. Then I want to circle yeah. back because I know you mentioned three things that you guys are doing the courses, the curate, curate connect. And there, there's one more thing. And I want to talk about that, but let's talk about this competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the 10 businesses uh, will be featured five minutes to pitch with a brief Q&A from our judges. And then afterwards, uh, we'll actually have a holiday market featuring all of their products that you can buy and hopefully gift uh, for the holiday season. But when you're there as a community member listening to the pitches, you actually have a vote too. And so the community vote is one. There are four judges plus community vote. So it is one of the five votes. And okay. so the winner um, receives $5,000 cash. Um, and so each individual will frame their pitch around, if I had $5,000, I would do X to get to Y. And so we're really listening for what is that impact that they're trying to create and where do they see themselves going in the new year? Um, and this is just one part of that you know, small catalyst funding to get them to that next place. Yeah, yeah. No, and and it's it's great and just just for everybody's edification that's listening to this the, for this particular pitch competition. This is the fall of 2021. The 10 entrepreneurs are include Baked by Corey, Bartleby's Food, Simple Plus Sweet Creamery, Diamond Brew Kombucha, Amanda Bakes, Your Resident Gourmet Cooks, Jojo's Caribbean Cuisine. Uh, I've heard about them. I've heard good things. Uh New Java Coffee Company, Just Be Coffee Bar. Uh, Asami Naturals and Fat Top Farm. So those are all, all of those guys uh, have participated in this cohort and they are all vying for the $5,000. And uh, and the competition should be, uh, I'm sure it's going to be vigorous to say the mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Oh, I've just been, uh, you know, we've been in some dress rehearsals and I do not even know how this is going to turn out because they have all come, they have shown up. They are so prepared and ready. And I'm I'm so thrilled. And I think the other important piece to this too is each of these businesses, you know, Northwest Arkansas, I mentioned earlier, you know, have been in DC for 14 years. And so I arrived here thinking like, okay, smaller region, but like really excited to get to know everyone. And I had the assumption that everyone already knew each other, which is not, (laughs) which isn't the case, you know, that's not the case. And so I think there's such an importance for us to emphasize that like, yes, access to financial capital. And that's exactly why Forge is here and and why we have this pitch showcase. But it's also access to social capital. And so just everyone getting to know each other and the community showing up and like whether or not you win the 5K, now you have a room of potential brand advocates, right? Who now know you and can be supporters. So I think that's, an equal importance to to why why to come to the pitch showcase. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point because because brand is brand matters, right? I mean, you know, it's almost like what we talk about as individuals, right? All we have is our name, but mm-hmm. all a business has is their brand, 
And you have to get started on the right foot with your brand. And I think this is a great way to do that. And several of these organizations already have an established brand. You're helping them kind of take it to the next level, as I always like to say. But it's it's important for people to become aware of that. So I want to encourage everybody uh, to register for this event. You can sign up for free. Uh, there is, it, it's Tuesday, December 14th. So as at the date of this podcast coming out on the 13th, it'll be out one day before this event. And if you're listening to this post event, you still need to connect with curate, find out what they're doing because there will be another cohort that they will have in the spring and they'll probably wash, rinse and repeat this over and over again until Northwest Arkansas is just the land of food startups and have just, it's such an ecosystem of, of, uh, or fertile ground as we like to say for you to get your business off the ground. And speaking of, of Northwest Arkansas, Kim, I'd love your perspective on what Northwest Arkansas means to you, given the fact that you, you're kind of living this by, by existence, uh, in terms of, um, living in two different locations, right? DC mm-hmm. and Northwest Arkansas. I know a few other people that are doing that. Um, I just interviewed a guy on the podcast a couple of episodes ago that just recently relocated here, but he still works out of his office in Boston, but he lives here in Northwest Arkansas. What does Northwest Arkansas represent to you? This is a beautiful question. And initially, the first thing that came to my mind is when I arrive here, my whole body feels relaxed. And (laughs) and why I say that is because upon arriving to this community, not only did I feel, you know, (laughs) the abundance of nature, that is something everyone always touts, but really the expansiveness and support of the community. It's like this really interesting duality of being both really open and growth mindset oriented while also being really rooted to community. And I I think there are very few communities that have that duality of both being able to really envision and vision uh, for the future while also really, again, being connected to community. And that has just been... uh, I can't even express enough my gratitude for the people that I have met here um, and, yeah. and their openness and just constant yeses. You know, it's it's never like, no, nah, you know, it's always yes. And and that yeah. has just been remarkable. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you said that it's it's always yes. And because I've and I've mentioned this before on this podcast that I've lived in, in some other uh, more established areas just because they're older, like Boston, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But but uh, well, San Francisco, maybe not be that older, but it is an established place. But anyway, the long and short of it is you go into certain big cities and certain areas, you almost have to get permission to do things right. And I, you know, I don't, I'm sure you never felt like you needed permission to do what you're doing. Like you said, people probably heard your idea and we're like kim where do we sign up how can we help you what do you need oh by the way i know these five people that i think can help you get this thing off the ground the way you want it i mean is that is that pretty accurate i mean here for sure but to your point like it is not that case other places right you know like people it, it again just different cultures but one mindset can be very much like fiefdom or territorial basis, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and so gatekeep, I, gatekeep, gatekeepers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, right. And so really understanding like one's value and, and people supporting that value. That's just been such a breath of fresh air. 
Yeah, no, I I love that. And then so uh, to piggyback on this event, so this event's happening on Tuesday, the 14th of December. Uh, Again, if you're listening to this after the fact, you need to connect with Curate uh, and and their website is um, what's your website again? Curate. Dot co. Yeah. Co. There's no M at the end, just CO. Mm -hmm. So, so connect with them just to find out about what they're, what they're doing next, but they're also doing a curate holiday market at the meteor. They've teamed up with the meteor cafe in Bentonville for a week long holiday pop-up where they're going to be featuring local goods from a lot of the curate course graduates. So you'll be able to purchase products there from at the cafe from December 13th, which is the day that this podcast comes out. If you're listening to it on that, day, which I hope you are. And then it will run all the way through the 19th of December. So they'll have all kinds of, they'll have all kinds of great, um, Great products out there, direct source African teas from Asami, uh, Afogados from Simple and Sweet. Ooh, uh, can I say something about that? Sure, please. So excited. Yeah, yes. so Simple and Sweet's ice cream, and I mean, it's winter. So, <laughs> so what an Afogado <laughs> is, is a scoop of ice cream with espresso on top. So well, delicious. I, I'm, where do I sign up? So yeah. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's easy. So, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, they're going to have a little bit of everything. Some meat alternative products from Bartleby's and of course, Diamond Brew Kombucha. And and actually Diamond Brew's story is quite interesting as well. So I can't wait to ha- kind of hear them talk about that because I, I know the whole story about Diamond Brew and how they started. Um, and, and I may need to get them on the podcast at some point in time just to kind of talk about that whole process, right? Because a lot of times I think it's um, people... You know, sometimes people think they have to create something from scratch, and that's not always the case. There are sometimes that people get something started and you find out about it, and maybe it's an opportunity that you might be able to purchase from them. Or, you know, a lot of times, like uh, startups start up. And then they just don't either they just don't have the, the gasoline in the tank to keep going. Or, you know, sometimes people start things and then just get just decide they want to do something else. That's Definitely. that's that's life. Right. Yep. And I also, it, this is a somewhat of a tangent, but on the, I hope on the same theme, I think about this for our farming community, that there are so many generational farmers that their children may not want to continue on the business. And so what does it look like for succession planning? If that's what you as a younger farmer want to get into to take over an operation and apprentice and Anyway, so I think there's, you're absolutely right, across our food supply chain, there are those opportunities to really not always reinvent the wheel, but to take over and then build upon something that's been created. Totally. And I I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I have a lot of, I'm in a lot of different entrepreneurial ecosystems around the country where we we, we talk back and forth about different ideas. And some of the best ideas I've heard are people that have gone out and purchased businesses that have been around for a while and then taken them to a whole nother level, have have added to the business, um, even simple businesses like a CPA. And I was just, I just had a friend I was reading about on one of the pages that I follow and he had just taken uh, a simple CPA. CPA company and then changed it on its head. And so they still do this, the normal CPA accounting tax stuff, but now they're also doing kind of like personal finance coaching and training mm-hmm. as, as far as helping people out as, as far as that's concerned. And so that is, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And there's a lot of people who have run their course with their business that are ready to sell. 
And a lot of times because they can't find a suitable buyer, I forget what the statistics are, but like it's almost like 85% of small business owners end up shuttering their businesses. They never, they don't have, and some of these are legitimate businesses, right? Sometimes people just retire and ride off into the sunset. And that's a great story. But in a lot of instances, there could be opportunities for those businesses to continue on with the breath and, and inspiration of a new owner. And so yeah. you don't have to create something from scratch in order to get out there and 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 uh, realize your dream of owning a business, especially in the food space. Mm-hmm. So, and plug for you know you had mentioned this earlier. Like, what's the third thing Curate does? And I'm gonna like tie this all together here. Yes, uh, yes. The wrap other it up. piece <laughs> is Curate Consult, which is just where we started to is working with city governments and economic development centers. Um, and people really thinking about food systems change at large and how that intersects our food system intersecting with economic development strategy. And as you were talking about that, I immediately thought about what a plug for hiring and working in a small business. You know what I mean? Like that is what it means to operate and run a small business and work for one, right? Yeah. Because you get to be entrepreneurial in this organization and who knows the growth potential? Like you yeah. could one day be integral to that operation and take it over, yeah. right? And so I think that's a really important piece of when we think about our higher level economic development strategy, it's not always the recruitment of big business, but the fostering of small to mid-sized business for those unique opportunities. And since you're tying it together like that, I'm going to share a story of a previous guest. Her name is Damara Blanco, uh, cool. Damara Baker from uh, Rock and Baker. Love uh, Damara. And, 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 mm. Yeah, and and Rock and Baker is a great story of a great bakery. First of all, their sourdough bread is off the charts. It's it's as close as you're going to get to getting sourdough bread from San Francisco. But Damara basically did what you're describing is she started something and now she's like, okay, I I, want to continue to do this, but I really want to create an opportunity for somebody else. So one of her employees is ultimately taking over the business for her. And Mm -hmm. that is the, a perfect example of what is possible. Right. And, and uh, I just think that that stories like that, we're going to hear more and more stories like that. And as a matter of fact, I have, I have some new ideas just on this podcast, as we're talking of something I may, I may want to propose to our local entrepreneurial community that I think would be valuable because I mean, why, why do we have to wait to uh, watch shark tank on Friday night and, you know, watch what they're doing out in Hollywood when we could be doing something right here in Northwest Arkansas. And I mean, you're kind of doing that with it, with this, with this pitch event, but, Mm -hmm. but, I also think there needs to be maybe a program where, you know, a lot of these older established businesses or just older businesses and older business owners in general create an opportunity and a, and a platform where they can share what they're trying to do and maybe their desires and goals to step out and move on to something else uh, so that they can talk about ownership transition or ownership sale. And that's like a big thing. And I, I work in another industry, the design industry. And one of the biggest challenges that we run across is that a lot of engineers and architects never truly plan for their exit strategy. How do, mm-hmm. how, you know, how are they going to, you know, I'm 70 years old. I'm an architect. I can still do what I do well, but I do want to retire at some point. I want to spend some time with the grandkids, but they never think about it until it's too late. That's why so many, so many of these businesses just close up because there's, there's nothing, there's nobody to turn it over to. There's nobody, nobody's been groomed. And if you don't create what, like what you said earlier, your word, an entrepreneurial environment, which is simply 
an environment where somebody works for you and you give them the license to be creative and to act like an entrepreneur, but within your organization. And a lot of leaders um, don't have the wherewithal to deal with that because they feel like they're losing control. And I could go on and on. I mean, I'm very passionate about this subject, but I think that a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs are really entrepreneurial, where it, meaning that they, if given the right opportunity and license, they could create something amazing within an organization they work for. And who knows, maybe down the road, they could take over that organization, like mm -hmm. what this gentleman did with Damara at Rock and Baker. But the bottom line is that you have to go through that process. And I think we need to create a, a place where people can have these conversations so that, you know, people can really talk about it. Because I don't know what you, the small business owner, is going through on a regular basis, what you're talking to your spouse or significant other about in terms of wanting to wind up or wrap up the business, but you still have a thriving entity. And, right. and what better way to keep it going than to either groom somebody or identify someone that can take it over for you and, and you know, be the next generation of, of growth and leadership in that organization. Totally. And I want to highlight one thing you shared, which is um, the fact that when you are in the owner operator of your business, a lot of ego can crop up around control and, you know, feeling like someone's stepping on my turf. I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience and seeing other people in that same space. And um, we help address that through Curate Courses by specifically this curriculum we have two sessions with a leadership um, emotional intelligence coach that mm. each entrepreneur is, you know, gifted to redeem at their choosing. And so that's how we're trying to address the, the personal side of what yeah. it means to grow a business, because a lot of things can come up, you know, from childhood to present day around why you're making the certain decisions you're making. And sure. um, we want to, we wanted to make sure that that was addressed in, in this growth moment too. Yeah. You know, and it's so, it, cause I, I do, uh, yeah, you're getting me excited talking about that. I'd love to, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in one of those sessions, but I've always told people I've, I've done a lot of leadership training over the years. And I always tell people your job as a leader is to work yourself out of a job, not that you're going to get fired, but that you're going to create opportunities for other people to step into what you do so that you can go off and do something else, even bigger than what you were currently working on. Right. It's not mm -hmm. to put you out the pasture. Cause I think that's what a lot of people think. And that's, that's why people get jealous. Um, their envy gets involved. And you're right. Ego is the enemy. I love that book by by uh, Ryan Holiday. But it's a it's a really good stone sobering reminder that we all struggle with ego and we have to be able to keep our ego in check, especially when we're running a business especially yeah. when we're running a business, but, but you're, you're so right. And that is so needed. But when people get the adequate and proper leadership development skills, oh man, you, you mean, you're off to I mean that's like adding gas to a fire. I mean, it really <laughs> is when you, when, yeah. you, when you talk about that, because if you look at the organizations and businesses that are truly well-run, it's because they have well-rounded and solid leaders mm. and they're really doing amazing things. Now there are some anomalies. There are some organizations and businesses that run with tyrants that are leaders. And those are the exceptions. That's not the rule. And right. I, my, my encouragement is to tell, is to tell people to be looking for leaders that are really visionary and also are visionary from the vantage point of what you, you can bring to the table to help them grow this business and be a part of that growth, not just that's 
just Joe. He works here from nine to five, Monday through Friday. Or that's just Sally. She's just one of my employees. No, she is a teammate and she's helping me take this company to where, where we're going to go. Right. Totally. I mean, I've taken two full day courses specifically on giving and receiving feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that, it's... that in and of itself, <laughs> again, like 48 hours, you know, yeah. a little Listen, exaggerating, but yeah. No, but yeah, between that, between giving and receiving feedback and active listening, I mean, you could, you could, we, we could, we could all stand to do that for days. And so, yeah. man, Kim, I could go on and on with this. I, I, so, so listen, I, w- I want to just, I want to set you up with this. Um, Again, this program's happening. If you're just listening to this on Monday, December 13th, uh, this program's happening tomorrow night. Please register to participate in the pitch competition. You can come down. It'll be at Fairlane Station, 108 Graham Street in Springdale. The holiday pop-up that we spoke about is going to be at the Meteor Cafe, and that's 401 Southeast D Street in Bentonville. Obviously, all COVID precautions will be made during these events, so please uh, be prepared to, to come in and participate if you can. Support uh, root on, clap for, and, and encourage those that are that are going to be in this program. And then I really want to encourage you to visit curate.co, like them on Facebook, and follow them on Instagram. All of this information will be in the show notes for this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. And again, if you're listening to this in January of 2022, or even in July of 2022, and the spring cohort is over, just connect with Curate, connect with Kim and learn what they're doing and, and you can get involved with the next um, program that they they put out there. But certainly they're doing amazing things with their Curate courses, the Curate uh, Connect and Curate Consult. So there's a lot that's involved with, with uh, what Kim and her team are doing here. And I personally am thankful that Kim is spending both time in D.C. and here in Northwest Arkansas. I hope she spends more time in Northwest Arkansas, but that's just oh, me yeah. being selfish. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but Kim, seriously, thank you so much for joining us on, on the podcast. And we really, really appreciate it. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. When, when you do go out to eat, do you have a couple of favorite places that you like to go to mm-hmm. here? Because uh, I could ask you about D.C. and I would know what you're talking about, but I want to talk about Northwest Arkansas. I have three uh, favorites as of late. Um, okay. Kana Indian Grill. Sure. Love Kana. Um, Very Leverett, good. Yeah. Leverett Lounge just never, yep. you know, never fails me. And then um, I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite breakfast spot, which is Bites and Bowls in Springdale. They make mm-hmm. hash brown waffles. Ooh, I need to try yeah. that out. Yeah, I've I've discovered a place le- recently, and it's a chain, but it's actually really good because I try to take my kids. I I like to take my kids to the shishi breakfast spots every now and then, but but I like to go to a regular place. And Village Inn used to be our mainstay, but now we've been going to the Black Bear Diner, and it's actually really good. I was surprised. I, well, not surprised, but I was just like, oh, you know, it's a chain. So, you know, it's like going to IHOP or something, but no, it's actually better. It, it, the, the place has its own personality. The food's really good. Their hash browns are amazing. I always ask for them well done, but, uh, and their waffles are, are huge. French toast is excellent. And their coffee 
is off the charts. It's it's Ooh. it's a whole it's a really good whole bean coffee that's excellent. But I've heard about Bites and Bowls, and I will have to check it out. And of course, I've been to Kana and Leverett Lounge is an outstanding place. And that's an exa- another example. I mean, um, Hannah Withers sold this place uh, to some people that I believe work there. So you know that's that's an example of how you can take something that exists and build upon it. And so it'll be interesting to see what the new ownership of Leverett Lounge is able to do. I just don't want them to mess with my Korean fried chicken because if they take <laughs> that if they take that off the menu, there will be a fight. They they're going to have a fight on their hands. So can I give but, one other like plug to Siloam Springs for a second? Yes, please plug away across the street from one another. Two small businesses, um, Tintos and Tapas. It's so delicious Colombian uh, food. And across the street is Pure Joy, which is a small artisanal ice cream shop. So. You know, you could just head over to Siloam for a little afternoon, evening, one, two combo. <laughs> and that's good. I mean, and even Doomsday is out there as well. So, I mean, I want to encourage you guys to to check check all that's out there. And I've not, I haven't forgotten about Siloam. I'm going to be doing some more stuff with some some businesses out in Siloam because we want to give them some love. Whenever I talk about Northwest Arkansas, we talk about the sandwich, which is Bentonville and Fayetteville are the loaves of bread and are the loaf <laughs> of the pieces of bread. And then Springdale and Rogers are all the stuff in between. But then you've got you, the garnishes out there, right? You've got the, Ooh, the, the yes. Eureka Springs uh-huh. and you've got Siloam that make up this whole area. And a, and, and a shout out to Bella Vista too. So there's so much good happening out here in Northwest Arkansas. So I yeah, uh, I absolutely. appreciate that. Yeah. Kim, thank you so much for for joining, even at the last minute, to take time out uh, to sit down with me and kind of share your story. Uh, I think we're probably going to have to have you on again in the future to talk a little bit more about this. I think there's some other things that we could talk about as well. And we want to support what you and Curate are doing. And we really appreciate you coming to Northwest Arkansas and, and, and sharing what you know with the rest of us. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I cannot wait for our continued conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can also listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon, it doesn't matter. And of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider rating and reviewing us. Our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes and more information on becoming a guest or sponsor, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.